This is Three Valleys Radio. It's Friday night, so welcome to the Ultimate Racing Show. On the show tonight, we've got trainers David Pipe and Jamie Snowden and Kaylee Woolacott. Jockeys Nick Schofield and Gavin Sheehan join us. And Daryl Jacobs talks about his early days in racing. And of course, we've got our regulars, Colin Brown and Dave Wilson, with all their tips for the weekend. So sit back and enjoy the next hour and a half of Racing News. Good evening, it's AD here. Welcome to the show. We've got an awful lot to fit in, so let's waste no time at all and get to Mike Patton with all the news from the racing media. Hello and a very warm welcome along to all the news from the racing media this week. That includes from Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Patton and here's this week's news. Alan King will aim for another big Saturday win with the dual-purpose trainer ready to unleash his star second-season hurdler, Tritonic, at Cheltenham this weekend. King enjoyed another memorable success with Trushan's second victory in the Long Distance Cup on British Champions Day, but will now turn his attention to the jumps with Tritonic, who eased to victory in the Adonis Juvenile Hurdle at Kempton in February, but has not been seen since disappointing in the Triumph Hurdle at the Cheltenham Festival a month later. Excuses were found for the McNeil family-owned four-year-old's effort at the festival and Tritonic will make his comeback in the Masterson Holdings Hurdle on the second day of the showcase meeting, heading a team of two at Cheltenham for King, which will also feature useful flat performer and hurdler Dal Horisgall. The trainer said, Tritonic goes to Cheltenham on Saturday for the Masterson. That's my plan with him. He wasn't well after the triumph and scoped badly. It took a while for him to get over it, and I couldn't get him to Aintree. We had to draw a line under it, and he's back in very good form. I usually have very few runners at this Cheltenham meeting, and it'll be the same this year. Maybe one on Friday and one on Saturday, as I've got Dal Horrisgall in a couple of races on the first day. King has made a solid start to the new jump season with 16 winners and is eager for ground conditions to soften for the bulk of his jumps team, which will also feature the dramatic Bet365 Gold Cup winner Potterman. The eight-year-old is being aimed at the Ladbrokes Trophy next month, a race King last won with the likeable grey Smad Place in 2015. He added, the team we have is very good. I'm just waiting for a bit of rain to really crack on, not just at the track, but at home too, so I can get the chasers schooled. They're in a very good place, and as soon as the rain arrives, we can really go forward with them. Potterman is in good order, and he came in quite late as we ran him into the late spring last season. I'm trying to get him to the Ladbrokes Trophy, and that would be his target. 
He may have one run beforehand, but he's about three or four weeks away from that. Trushan's Ascot success capped off a fine weekend for King with four winners, including the popular Scow Royals winning return at Kempton. And he said, It's been quite amazing. Great credit has to go to all the team at home, and we'll make sure to enjoy it. And next up on the racing news... All-Weather Championship Finals Day will be staged at Newcastle from next year, with the Good Friday fixture switching from its previous home of Lingfield. Racing had never been staged on Good Friday in Britain prior to 2014, but the fixture has become a staple of the calendar since, attracting terrestrial television coverage and often capacity crowds at the Surrey course. However, the £1 million meeting switch to the northeast was announced at a press conference to launch the ninth season of All-Weather Championships on Monday lunchtime. All-Weather Racing was introduced at Newcastle in 2016 on a Tapetta surface, and the venue hosted the first ever Group 1 in Britain on a synthetic service in 2019, when the rescheduled Vertum Futurity Trophy, won by Cameco, took place there. Newcastle first hosted racing on Good Friday in 2017, but will now showcase the feature races of the all-weather season, the six all-weather championship finals, alongside the listed Coral Borodon stakes. Despite losing one of its marquee fixtures, Lingfield will not be without a Good Friday card, as the track will host the inaugural all-weather Vars meeting. Worth £395,000 in total prize money, the meeting will offer horses who regularly run on the all-weather circuit, but which may not be rated high enough for the finals day card, the opportunity to compete for a valuable end-of-season prize. And our next story on the racing news. The BHA has defended its handling of the investigation into allegations of bullying made by Bryony Frost against fellow rider Robbie Dunn as the weighing room culture at British racecourses came under severe scrutiny following the publication of the case's intimate details. Charges against Dunn for conduct prejudicial to the integrity or good reputation of racing were revealed after a 120-page investigator's report was leaked, with the BHA referring itself to the Information Commissioner after concluding that the leak may have come from within its own integrity department. The leaked report details Frost's belief of an ongoing ill-feeling between the two riders dating back to 2017 that grew more intense after Dunn accused her of dangerous riding on two occasions last year, with Dunn accused of using foul language and making threatening comments after the second incident in September last year. Dunn denied the allegations. After interviewing other jockeys and valets, the BHA investigators concluded in the report that there is a cultural issue in which threatening behaviour is condoned and not reported in the weighing room. It is submitted that it is likely that is why it has been difficult for the BHA to gather detailed witness evidence from occupants of the weighing room. In response, the BHA said in a statement on Sunday that racing was not immune to issues around conduct and behaviours which are prevalent in all aspects of society and other sports, and that work was ongoing to establish an industry-wide code of conduct for the sport in Britain that will be enshrined in the rules and ensures that appropriate behaviours are endorsed and bad behaviours are discouraged. Media reports over the weekend indicated the BHA's investigation into the case concluded in April, and the regulator said that the case was moving towards a conclusion. 
In the interest of procedural fairness, the BHA does not comment on the details of ongoing investigations, the BHA said. This case is close to reaching its conclusion with directions hearing scheduled for the near future. It is an important case and one that the BHA is taking very seriously. Cases such as this may be complex and involve significant legal representation. And in order to ensure fairness for all parties, such procedures, including the directions hearings, must be allowed to play out in full and in private rather than through the media. However, as is usual process, and in the interests of openness and transparency, the BHA would make public the details of any cases which are heard in front of its independent disciplinary panel prior to any hearing taking place. While not commenting directly on the Frost Dunn case, the Professional Jockeys Association, the PJA, said in a statement that it had brought in its own code of conduct for members this year and that the safety and well-being of its members has always been and remains the PJA's number one priority. It added that it was a deeply concerning development that a leak may have been the result of a serious data breach within the BHA. Jockeys approached by the Racing Post on Sunday were reluctant to talk about the culture of the weighing room and the behaviour of riders. But one jockey stressed it was a competitive working environment with a hierarchy that tended to lean on more experienced professionals handling riding disagreements and cautioning younger jockeys where it felt it was needed. Britain's leading jumps trainer this season, Fergal O'Brien, whose daughter Fern has had 10 rides and 4 winners on the flat this year, said, The weighing room is their sanctuary, and from my point of view with Fern, she's had 10 rides and everyone has looked after her, so at the moment the experience has been fine for her. The BHA's handling of the Frost Dunn case was lambasted by Dunn solicitor Daryl Cowan, who said the regulator had completely lost control and that its integrity department was unfit for purpose. Cowan also highlighted what he called the mysterious departure from the BHA of its head of integrity, Chris Watts, who was confirmed last month to have left the regulator after four years. Cowan said on Sunday... The BHA has completely lost control of this case. Under the BHA's much-vaunted Judicial Panels Code, the case papers relevant to an investigation are, or are supposed to be, strictly confidential. The BHA has admitted to us that the original leak may have come from within its own integrity department, and that it has notified the Information Commissioner. The data breach has come on the back of an investigation that has been irredeemably compromised by conflict of interests and partisanships. Pretty much every rule of the professional and neutral evidence gathering has been broken, including the misrepresentation and selective editing of witness testimony. To cap it all, we are told that Chris Watts, the investigator, will not now be available to be cross-examined on his investigation and it seems he may have left the BHA in mysterious circumstances. Its so-called integrity department has shown itself to be unfit for purpose. Of the leak case details, the BHA said, In any case of this nature, documentation is shared in confidence with a number of relevant parties. The source of the documentation is not yet known in this case, but this will form part of the BHA's investigatory work around this case. In the meantime, it is unhelpful to speculate on the source via the media. Dunn did not want to comment when contacted on Saturday, while Frost could not be reached for comment. And our final story today here on the Racing News. The two main racing stables in Kent have joined forces with John Best and Karen Jewell, 
daughter of trainer Linda Jewell, granted a joint licence by the BHA. The combining of the stables has taken place at Best's Ihorn Farm in Sittingbourne, after Linda Jewell sold her Southfield stables in Sutton Valence, where she has trained for more than 30 years. It signals the end of an era for Jewel, as the 64-year-old trainer relinquishes her licence and hands over control to 38-year-old daughter Karen, who has been the assistant at Southfield for 22 years. I built up Southfield stables over the last 40-plus years, so it's a bit of a wrench, but it's not easy running small yards like ours anymore, said Linda Jewel. We weren't strong when we went into lockdown, and coming out of it, our horses got a virus, so it's been tough. We've done the best we can with the horses we've got, particularly when you consider I trained on barely four acres, which is like a back garden. I've always known John Best up the road very well, and we've helped each other out. We kept on mulling over the idea that two small yards amalgamating is going to make us stronger. He's got very good facilities with lovely gallops, an indoor school and indoor stabling. This has been a long time in the planning, and all my owners have been really supportive, so we sent all our horses and staff up there, which is wonderful. It's a great opportunity for Karen. The time is right for her to take over the licence, and I'll still be very much involved. The new joint trainers have taken out a dual-purpose licence, with around 35 to 40 horses at the expanded yard, and the pair will have their first runner together at Kempton on Tuesday, with Torbellino declared for the one-mile-three furlong fillies handicap at 8.30. This has been all the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden. Join us again next time, and thanks for listening. There we go. That was Mike Padden with all the news from the racing media. Now let's have a look and see where we can go racing this weekend. So, starting off, we can go flat racing at Newbury, where there are seven races with a 125 start. Doncaster, there are seven races on the flat there too, with a 130 start. Kelso, seven races over the jumps with a 135 start. Cheltenham, seven races over the jumps there with a 145 start. And seven races on the flat at Chelmsford on the poly track with a 530 start. On the Sunday, there are seven races over the jumps at Wincanton with a one o'clock start. And also seven races over the jumps at Aintree with a 150 start. So plenty of racing there, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of quality too at both Wincanton and Newbury, and of course Cheltenham, where there's always quality. Recently we did an interview with Daryl Jacob, and I'm pleased to be able to replay you some of that interview. Basically, Daryl tells us how he got into racing in the first place. You, you, you look to me as though you're pushing 5'10", 5'11". Isn't that generally considered slightly tall for a, a jockey? Yeah, five ten. Yeah, I'd be. Yeah, I'd be looking. I'd be one of the taller lads in the way room. Yeah, um, so it would be. Yeah. Any advantages of that in, from a perspective of sort of strength and control of the horse and everything? No, not really, because I think everyone's got different styles. I mean, you got uh, the younger generation that might be a little bit smaller, might ride a little bit, um, a little bit shorter, and you got other lads um, that are a little bit smaller than me that would ride the same length as me. Look at every jockey has their own sort of style and um, you know whatever it, different styles suit different jockeys and, and different heights etc etc yeah so so who were you actually riding what which stable were you riding for at that particular time then Robert Olners 
Yeah, I was. A, I spent two years as an amateur with uh, with the Boston Sally Allner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and and did you get any winners as an amateur? Yeah, I had a very yeah, look. I had a very successful two years with them. I was I was leading point to point rider in the country. I won all the West Country awards as a as a as a novice rider and. Uh, yeah, I rode some some nice horses on the track for them as well, in in amateur races and also against professionals when I was here. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, at what point did this uh, Grade One winner, the listener in Ireland, come into the uh, the story? Uh, that was obviously a little bit later. Whenever I came over, because I turned conditional for for Paul Keane, um, and he trained up just outside Shaftesbury, um, and I spent ten months with him, and for whatever reason. After ter- being amateur turning professional, um, the love wasn't quite there. The fire didn't quite burn the way I wanted it to burn, and I was I was going to give give racing up. I was going to go back to Ireland and do something new, mm-hmm. um, and it was it was uh, Sally Olner that that persuaded me to change my mind to go back to them for a bit and see if I could get uh, a little bit of enthusiasm back for the job and. I went back there and I felt back at home then again and I started to thrive again and and then the boss uh, the, the boss got me on the listener um so yeah and then that followed off uh, you you won the Hennessy uh, and the John Durkin Chase is that right and the Lexus yeah exactly yeah the listener was uh, probably the first really good horse that I ride, rode under rules yeah. um as in grade 1 wise yeah and and you know in in the sort of timeline, whereabouts? When did you get to go to Paul Nichols? Uh, so I'd spent um, when I was with the boss and Sally Olner. Then after that, then um, I got a, a stable jockey's role with um, Nick Williams, and I had that job for about three years. And then um, Paul Nichols then approached me. Then when I was riding. Uh, you know some wonderful horses for for Nick Nick Williams in Rev de Cibola, Diamond Harry, Cornas, uh, James de Burley. So wrote some wonderful winners for for Nick Williams down there, and then Paul Nichols uh, approached me and and asked me would I be interested in being second role to to Ruby, hmm. which I should think you grabbed with both hands, didn't you? Yeah, look, it was an opportunity. I rode out for Paul a lot, even when I was stable jockey to Nick Williams. I rode out for Paul an awful lot. And, I got some nice spare rides for for Paul at the time, and and like you say, it was just another step up in my career. He was champion trainer. He's, you know, he's ruthless. He wants winners. He wants success. And and I thought if if I wanted to be the best I could be, I thought it was an opportunity that I couldn't I couldn't turn down. Because you you won a, you won at Cheltenham on uh, for the first time on a horse called Zakanda. Was that for Paul Nichols? Yeah, that was for Paul Nichols. Yeah, in the Triumph Hurdle. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that was Zakanda. Did you feel that was the sort of that was the race that really put you on the map as far as a professional was concerned? Um, look at every jockey's dream is whenever they they would be a jockey, they want to be involved in, in the, at the Cheltenham Festival, and uh, you know they you know they want winners there. So look, it was it was my first Cheltenham Festival winner. It was it was a big day. It was a magic moment and something that I'll never forget. And uh, yeah, look, I, I suppose it's another. A stepping stone in the right direction. There's, there's no easy, there's no easy victories at the Cheltenham Festival. I can assure you that they're right. all, they're all very, very difficult races to win in their own right. They're very, very competitive, and yeah, there's, there's horses might win, they might win easy, but they're very, very, um, they're very hard, tough races to win. You need a lot of things to go in, 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 in favour for you. And obviously, that's the amount of work you put in during the races to how much the distance is at the end. I guess. 
yeah, exactly. Yeah, look, it just worked out. Everything worked out great for Zakanda that day. He won the, you know, it was only his second run over hurdles. He won the Donus um, in February around Kempton, and so look, he was a, he was a nice horse in the flat, and he he translated that form to to over hurdles, and he was a very successful hurdler. Yeah, your second festival winner was on La Lac Fortana uh, in two thousand and fourteen. Yeah, Lac Fortana. So that was the year that I was stable jockey to to Paul Nichols um, that year, and uh, yeah, so um, yeah, Lac Fortana. Yeah, good good win again. Yeah, again, he's look at he had, you know, he had a nice enough profile going into the race. He was a he was a good novice. He got in there and on a nice handicap mark and. Uh, you know, we we're lucky we we're in the right place at the right time the whole way around the race. A couple of horses fell in front of me, but like you say, the horse was, you know, he was good on the day. He was well trained to win on the day, so it was, uh, you know, I think he won by a half a length or something by one of Willie Mullins's horses. But yeah, he was. Uh, it was a good performance from that day. Well, that was Daryl Jacob going back over his early days in racing, which was great to hear. And uh, hopefully Gavin will join us again next week with a little bit more of his story. In the meantime, we're going to catch up with some of our regulars and we're going to start with Nick Schofield. Well, good afternoon, Nick. How are you today? Good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon, everyone. Um, Very good. Thank you, yeah. Steady day to day. Nothing much happening, apart from riding out, I take it. Yeah, no, um, we've had a very busy weekend. Had a good weekend with a double on Saturday, so... um... Yeah, well and truly um, kicking and going. It's a busy few days and first Cheltenham meeting um, is exciting and um, looking forward to being part of, part of that. Yeah, well let's talk about the two winners first, both at Stratford. Um, first one was uh, Balin Tubber Boy, uh, yeah. you know, good ride? Yeah, first ride winner for Nigel Tristan Davis, that was good. Um, nice horse for the future, Yeah, um, quite exciting, um, owned by... Um, Good owner and Jed Mason, who owns Clans as Ovo, so um, yeah. good connections to be winning for. And then uh, the other one was Kilcrest Moon, who uh, I think that's the third race I've won on in the season. So um, yeah, he's he's doing well. He must be a particular favourite then. Three races so far this season. Yeah, eh? yeah, he's done well. Yeah, yeah. And now, um, obviously, everything looks points to sort of Cheltenham on Saturday. Um, uh, what you've got two or three lined up for Cheltenham on Friday, Saturday? Can you talk about those? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to that. Exciting horse. Um, hopefully, if it rains, uh, called Nickelback on the Friday. Um, he's probably one of the best novices around at the moment. So, um, But he'll only run, run if there's suitable ground and it's safe ground. So, um, fingers yeah. crossed they get enough rain and he can run. Yeah. He's quite exciting. And then I ride a handicapper for Jeremy Scott called Sizable Sam, who won a race last year in first time in fences. So, um, that'll be interesting for him. And then... Uh, on Saturday, um, Sky Pirate has reappearance um, at, back at Cheltenham. He was obviously a Cheltenham Festival winner last year. Yeah. Um, he, he, he never does very well on his first run back, but um, it looks a nice opportunity for him. So hopefully he has a, a good round. And then also on Saturday, I'm not sure what ride in the handicap had either. Butler's Grief, who's won his last three, or Bally Egan Hero, who's won his last few. So um, we'll wait to see what the rain does this week. And then we'll make a few more decisions um, nearer the time. Yeah. What, what, is it a, a, a bit of a thrill every time you go to Cheltenham? I mean, it's, it's such a special place, isn't it? Yeah, it's more, more they have nice horses running, so that's the biggest thrill. But, um, yeah, yeah it's, it is, you know, it's a, obviously the festival is set apart from anything else, and that's where you really want winners. But um, these meetings, uh, still, you know, good to be part of as well. 
and it's quite a big meeting isn't it i mean um january two days are two days for a start so i mean there's going to be some good horses out i presume yeah um they'll they're only get the good horses if it rains this week if they don't mm. get the rain and i should think a lot will run run away from it but um we yeah. could really do with they keep forecasting this rain and win you know it could do a lot more really well, I don't know where you are today, but in my uh, outside my window at the moment, it's peeing down. So um, if, if that's any yeah, consolation, I don't think I've had any at Cheltenham, but no. But it's um, yeah. So hopefully um, that'll that'll pick up a bit, and and everybody be happy then, won't they? Yeah, but you know the jump season's well underway, and um, it's um, yeah busy busy time of year. Have you got much this week in general? Yeah, yeah, it should be most days. So. Um, other than Monday, I think we're pretty much every day and um, some nice horses coming out. So um, it's yeah. good to be part of. Excellent. OK. Um, yeah. Alarming stories coming out of the changing rooms, or the dressing rooms, whatever you call them in racing, um, with regard to Bryony Frost. That's not very good publicity for the sport, is it? No, it's not. But um, no, I was quite shocked to read it, to be honest. Um mm. From what I see on a daily basis, everyone gets on very well, and um, you know it's obviously a male change room, but um, um, you know they will, the girls come in normally, and um, <clears throat> you know which they don't have to, but they choose to, and yeah. I, you know I don't know, um, I haven't seen nothing out, out of content anyway, but um, I'm sure it's all been blown up out of proportion. I would yeah, imagine. Well. We all know what the media are like, <laughs> yeah. he says. Um, but, I mean, do you think it's going to get to the point now where, you know, two lots of dressing rooms are going to be essential rather than just a, a, an I suppose male, female, but females always wanted to, you know, come and use the ballots and be treated equally. And um, I think most of the female jockeys are quite happy the way it is, but mm. I would imagine it will... Um, but there is female change rooms, so there's, I can't see nothing too much changing. Are there are there female changing rooms at every uh, track then? Yeah, every every race course. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Oh well, that's interesting. They don't interesting, have to get so. change of the men sort of thing, but some yeah. choose to. <laughs> oh well, maybe it's a little bit self-inflicted. Then who knows? But uh, okay, uh, Nick, that's fine. That's filled a few holes in there, and um, yeah. Best of luck over the weekend. Obviously, I hope you get a few winners, and uh, if you yeah. can if you can repeat last Saturday and have a couple on the same day, all the better. I yeah. should think. We'll try our best. I'm sure you will. Well, thanks for talking to us, Nick, and we'll speak to you next week, Thank okay, you. mate? Thanks a lot, then. Thanks, Heidi. Well, that was Nick Sculford, who's had a good weekend, that's for sure, and obviously looking forward to the same again this weekend at Cheltenham. Now we're going to catch up with Gavin Sheehan. Well, afternoon, Gavin. Thanks very much for joining us again. Um, uh, quite a reasonable last couple of days for you, today. two seconds and a winner. Um, uh, talk us through the, the the winner in particular and the two seconds, because I well I could I saw Piscal Pike on the right on the telly, but um, yeah, how did they go for you? Yeah, James Dunthorshire, good form. Um, second of all, at Sedgefield um, in the bumper. I think I was beaten by a nice enough horse. Yeah. Um, and the one yesterday, Piscal Pike he picked up good good enough prize money for finishing second. Um, Future race of the day down there, but he, um, I think that was probably going to be his last run. He jumped very well, uh, got a nice spin off him, so that was good. Yeah, and the winner for Warren Greatrix was uh, Salamanca School, four year old, um, flatbred, having his first run over fences. Um, the last day I just found that he jumped well, and just, um, yeah, I just I, I, I thought it was one of those things that we might just try him up over a fence and uh, 
stepping up in trips, so the the two of them together um, suited him down to the ground yesterday around Plumpton. So clearly that bodes well for the future as far as he's concerned then? Yeah, exactly. He gets um, an allowance um, because he's a four-year-old running over fences. Yeah. Um, and it's probably off a, a good enough handicap mark that he can run in north of hundreds. Um, so yeah, it bodes well, hopefully. So how many winners is that for you so far then? Um, 26, I think. Oh, that's plodding on. That's nice. Nice little steady progression, isn't it? Just a job. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, big big meeting on Saturday at uh, Cheltenham, but I see you're down to ride one at uh, Aintree. Are you not going to Cheltenham? Yeah, so uh, Aintree Sunday and Cheltenham's Friday and Saturday. Yeah. So, um, have you got a thing at Cheltenham? Um, it's quite quite enough at Cheltenham. Um, I, I'll probably have um, one there for uh, Charlie Longston called Almazar Guard. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure what else is kind of going to run, so I'll, I'll be quite enough at Cheltenham. There's not an awful lot of entries there. No. Um, and yeah, that that brings me on then to um, the entry, which yeah. I got uh, itches beat in the, the old Rowan. Yeah. And um, might have one in the bumper for, for Warren um, and possibly one in Novice Hurdle there. So, so do you think that, the, 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 you know, the, the lack of the rain is, is what's sort of hitting some of the, the, the potential entries at Cheltenham? Yeah, it would be, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, they get turned off by Cheltenham as well. You know, they're running their good horses, um, good horses there because because of the ground and it's just that time that time of year, isn't it? The changeover. Um, yeah, sort of. Paddy Meat will be busy there, Cheltenham. Well, I'm sure the rain will come soon enough. <laughs> we'll be all bit cursed about it as far as that's concerned. So that's okay. I know. So um, the out, rain tonight, we're all happy. Out of those horses, and what would you say is your best bet for a win? Best bet for a winner. I'm hoping Adam, Adam is our guard. He's never won over hurdles. Um, he's won a couple of races over fences. Um, he's gone back hurdling. I'm hoping he could run a big race. Um, itchy feet for Audrey Murphy. I'm hoping will run well in the old run, but it'll be a competitive race that. Mm. Um, and I, I've got a couple up at Carlisle on Thursday. Um, I'm hoping Hardy the Sol, he's a first fence faller at uh, Weatherby. Yeah. In the two runner race. I'm hoping that he 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 could run a big race up there and Sam Beasy for Ollie Signy Thursday. Do, do, when a horse falls first time out or, you know, first do, do they learn from it? Do you feel I mean is, you know, it's, it's presumably it's more down to the horse than the jockey. You just gotta sit there and make sure he goes over all right, haven't you? Yeah, I mean we we, we try set them up for the eight jumps and things, then he jumped it well, he just never got his landing gear out. <laughs> um but I, I schooled him the other day and uh last Friday and he jumped very well um, he's always kind of jumped well enough at home but he was definitely a lot more sharper and switched on so he's um, the fall has probably done him good it's probably just woke him up a bit yeah yeah good good okay then um, Gavin thank you very much for giving us that uh, bit of information and um, have a good weekend make sure you have plenty of winners and we'll speak to you next week if that's okay yeah fingers crossed touch wood and uh, lovely speaking to you and you thanks Gavin speak to you soon mate thank you very much well, there you go. That was top jockey Gavin Sheehan there with a, a report on his last two or three rides. So uh, he's looking forward to the weekend like everybody is. Uh, the ride up at uh, Aintree as well. So uh, there you go. That's the latest from the Sheehan camp. Well, that was Gavin Sheehan there um, talking about his forthcoming rides. And now it's time to catch up with his boss from a stable that is banging form. And it's Jamie Snow. OK, well, Jamie, thanks very much for joining us. Uh 
you've had a, a pretty reasonable couple of days, really. Two seconds, one at uh, Sedgefield, one at Plumpton. Talk to me about those two, Braveheart in particular. Yeah, so um, thankfully, you know, the horses remain in good form. A couple of winners last week. And as you say, three of our last four, four jumps horses have gone and finished seconds. Mm. Um, Pisco Pike was second yesterday in an obvious chase, picking up foreground for his for his sins, which was great. He's been a legend over the, over the summer, really. He's won twice, been, been third twice and second once picked up the best part of 20 grand as well so he, he's done very well yeah um Braveheart's having his first run for for us in a in a in a bumper up at Sedgefield um I thought he ran nicely finished second they were 14 lengths clear of the the third horse um hopefully he's got a, a future ahead of him yeah absolutely um what about Piscard Pike what's he, what's he going to do now are you going to is he going to have a bit of a rest now or what yeah he's he's going to have a bit of a holiday now and um and come come back in the spring Come back in the spring, right, OK. Um, so now we're looking forward now, because obviously we go out on Friday night. So if we can perhaps talk about Cheltenham in particular, I mean, big meeting at Cheltenham, and you, you seem to have got quite a few runners out in the next few days, if they all run. Yeah, so we've got um, we, we, we've got uh, we've got a couple entered, and uh, yeah, we'll find out tomorrow morning. We get, I, I think Piscard Pike won't run, obviously he ran, ran yesterday, no. someday soon, and that's the matter. Um, we'll probably go on the Friday, I would have thought. Yeah, and what about the Saturday ones? Uh, Pisco, uh, Stony Mountain. Stony Mountain. So he's he's a he's a possible there as well. So yeah, I think um, let, let's we'll, we'll see we'll see see how sort of decorations pan out in the morning. Yeah, I mean, obviously we still want rain. You've not had it. We we've had a bit of rain down here in Somerset. Uh, I don't know what it's like up your way, but um, you know we we desperately need the rain, don't we? We do, don't we? Yeah, no, we, we certainly do. Not not only to get the horses racing, but also um, to to get the homework done. At, you know, with a lot of the sort of winter horses, they need to get working on the grass and schooling on the grass. You know, the yeah. novice chasers having their first runs and what have you. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's it's quite key that, that the rain comes, but it will do. And as you say, you've had it down there, so it's on its way up here. No, oh, hopefully, yeah. From that perspective, although nobody wants to rain, particularly in other respects, but obviously when it comes to racing, it's a vital ingredient, isn't it? Exactly, it yeah. certainly is. But um, but no, it was, um, uh, you know, I, I'm just delighted that so far it's you know we've had a great start. Yeah. Pike, actually, fun, funnily enough, he, he tipped us over the 150 grand marker for the season, so oh. um, in prize money for for owners. So you know, it's 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 going well. Yeah, no, I watched the race actually. On I, I, was, I happened to be near the TV, so I thought I'll have a look at that. And uh, I was hoping because I had a fiver on it that he was going to win, but uh, unfortunately, the other one was a little bit too good for him. But uh, these things happen, yeah, don't they? Trying to give ten pounds away was probably quite hard in hindsight. Yeah, back. yeah. But but looking at these now, as you say, someday soon. Fact of the matter, uh, Stony Mountain. Of those, what would you say is your best chance from those three? Um. I think they probably all got a little bit to to do to probably have to. They'll probably all be about sort of fifteen, twenty to one, sixteen to one, eighteen to one. Something you know, they'll probably mm. be that that kind of price, really. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. Some someday seeing back over hurdles, he could be quite nicely handicapped. Um, fact of the matter. Um, he's a bit of an old boy. He's giving the young lad in the yard a, a first spin over fences at Cheltenham, so that'd be nice to see him out. Yeah. And Stony Mountain, he, um, he he might need this. If we finish in the top six, he he would qualify for the Potemps final at the festival. Yeah. Um, his major target will then be 
uh, a grade three at Haydock in November. And is uh, Gavin going to be riding them apart from uh, what was it which you said, Facts of the Matter? Was it the, the young lad was going to yeah, ride? Yeah, yeah, the young lad and the older ride, right? Yeah. Facts of the Matter, and then uh, Gav on Sunday soon and, and Stony Mountain. Yeah, so a pretty busy weekend then, and obviously you've got a fair few tomorrow and Thursday as well, so you're going to be uh, charged. You've got a bit, you're not going to Carlisle, are you? I, I think I'll go to Newton Abbott instead. I thought I, I thought you might. <laughs> <laughs> I always remember when yeah. I was doing the football. Yeah, job. we kind of today's the first day we haven't had any racing. Is it? Yeah. Say again, sorry. I was going to say I, I remember when I when I was doing the football job that uh, the one place, the one fixture that came up and you just didn't want was Carlisle away. Oh. Because we yeah. were ex- we were expected to drive all the way up there, do the job, get in the car and drive all the way back again. And it was one hell of a day, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, well, it is, it is like, well, in fairness, our travelling head girl, we, 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 we've not had a day off racing since the 6th of October. Um, yeah. um, uh, so uh, she's, she's been driving around the countryside, so uh, fair play to her. She's got a well-deserved day off today. Yeah, absolutely. You've got your own lorry and everything to take around, didn't have you? We do. We yeah. do, we do, but uh, still a fair, fair effort to do whatever it is, 11 days on the bounce. Oh, absolutely, yeah, I expect so. Is it as good as Mark Johnson's? That's the question. What, the lorry? Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't realise Mark Johnson's was the best, actually. Oh, God, you should see Mark Johnson's is like a mobile hotel. <laughs> no, um, ours isn't quite a mobile hotel. Uh, oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, it must have cost him an absolute arm and a leg. I would have thought it's, it's, it'll probably take about, I'm guessing, but at least four, probably more horses. And it is, li- it is literally when I say you know, like a mobile hotel. It probably is. It's, it's wonderful. Wow. I saw it at Salisbury, and it is. I was talking to the driver, and you know, he was saying it was, it was like like home from home. So I got a telly in it and everything. So wow. there you go. Wow. You know, now you know what you're aspiring to, don't you? <laughs> we certainly do. Yeah, we certainly good. Do. Well, yeah. look, have a great uh, weekend, uh, Jamie. I hope you have some more winners, and you know, keep up this great run of form. It's fantastic to be to be reporting on it every week. When and, you know we've got good results to report it's great so keep it up well, you're so kind thanks Eddie and um, fingers crossed and we'll speak soon yeah absolutely speak to you soon cheers then Jamie take care all the best cheers thanks Eddie bye well that was Jamie Snowden there up at Lambourne and he's having a pretty good time at the moment two of our local trainers that we were hoping to catch up with today which is David Pipe and Kaylee Willicott have been having such a busy time that we couldn't catch hold of him but I can give you a little bit of information as to how they're doing Kaylee Willicott had her first two runners of the season when Cuspers Court finished third and Getaway Corey fourth at Exeter on Tuesday while David Pipe had two runners at Worcester on Wednesday with Mr Tambourine Man finishing fourth and Nav Boutica who finished eighth David, though, has a very busy week. He's got five runners at Newton Abbott on Thursday, two runners at Cheltenham today, and another two runners tomorrow. And I'm hoping to catch up with both trainers in time for next week's show. OK, next up, it's time to catch up with Dave Wilson at Harlequin Racing. Well, good afternoon, Dave. How are you today? Yeah, very well, Adrian. Uh, trying to get used to this weather of rain and blue skies and the mixture that we get coming up to winter. So uh, we shall see what we've got coming up. And uh, we're going to have a look over at Cheltenham on Saturday for you. Well, I suppose uh, all the jumping nice boys will be getting excited because of the rain, aren't we? Because we had enough of that last night to sink a battleship, I should think. Oh, yeah, it was plenty come down. So, mm. uh, we shall see how much more comes down between now and Saturday. So, uh, yeah. we'll have to keep an eye on it. But Okay, mate, <coughs> over to you then. 
over, we're going to go over to Cheltenham and the first race on the card Saturday is 145 and the horse that we like there is Sam Arise. It's uh, ridden by Harry Cobden, trained by Paul Nichols, currently priced up at around about 9 to 4 with about 365. <coughs> uh, this fella's had two runs and two wins on it in his uh, life so far. He won on his debut out in France at a track at Angers and he was very green that day and run all over the place but when the jockey asked him to quicken up, he just uh, took the field apart on one hour he wanted, really. Mm. And uh, he'd done the same when he came over here on his English debut. He won by 13 lengths at Kempton beat in uh, Sensational. And he had a horse back in third that day called Chives, which is one of Nicky Henderson's. And that was 12 lengths further back. He beat it 25 lengths. That's come out and won three races since. Uh, Sam Marivi, or however he's pronounced, seems to be... Very, very good on form, and nine to four looks to be a very big price for what I can see so far. Yeah. And if you if you have a look at Chive's handicap rating, he's rated a hundred and ten, or he won off of hundred and ten last time he run. So Sam Arevi beating twenty five lengths, he's going to be rated well up in the high one thirties. <coughs> so uh, we'll have to see what what comes of the race and see how Harry Trans ships into his third race after a seasonal break. But okay. that's that tip in the third there. Right. Moving down the card to the 220, a horse we like here is Minella Bobo. Priced up at 7-1 at the moment with William Hills. Adam Wedge takes a ride for Rebecca Curtis. Uh, this fella, I don't, I don't understand how he's so low in the handicap. He, he, his initial handicap rating was 126 over hurdles, and he come out and he won by 11 lengths off that handicap rating. And he's since won two more races over the chase fences, and he's now had three wins since his initial handicap mark, and he's only he's still only rated 132. Uh, normally, we go up six or seven pounds for each win, and uh, he should be up around about 140 mark, but he's running off of a handicap mark of 132, so we'll take advantage of it. Mm. And we think he's got the form there, and he's run very well at Foss last last time out, and the second and third have come out and franked the form. So uh, if you run well at Foss Lash, you can handle any type of going. So uh, we're going to have a little bet on Minella Bobo in the second there at Cheltenham. Okay, fine. Moving down, moving down to the 255 race, uh, a horse that we like in here is called I Like to Move It. Sam Twiston Davis and his father Nigel, currently priced up at 7-2 with bet 365. He won two bumpers and then he went to Newbury in a very good class one listed bumper and there was a horse that was down the field in that race called My Eye now I don't know if many people was watching doing that races today but My Eye come out for Harry Fry and absolutely destroyed the field he looked very very good and this fella was four or five lengths in front of him in that race at Newbury so it shows the standard of I like to move it so priced up at seven to two, and this fellow's also run ninth in the champion bumper at the Cheltenham Festival last year, and he's already had an easy win this year. He came out of Worcester two weeks ago and won nicely over hurdles. So he's got a bit of experience jumping, and it's only a four-runner race. So he's not going to get involved in too much skirmishing. So two fifty-five at Cheltenham Saturday. I like to move it at seven to two. <coughs> Uh, going into the 3.30 race, a uh, horse that we like here is Belagus. Noel Houlihan's going to take the ride for Nick Gifford. Now, this jockey has ridden this horse five times. He's won twice, 
come second and come third. And the other occasion, he got bumped and unseated. So that's five times that this jockey's ridden this horse. So they very they get on very well together, the two of them. Now he's like when he got unseated, he was in a class one listed event at Sandown, and he was in within every chance of winning the race. Still, when he got thrown off the horse, so it's uh, one of those things. It, it seems to be a little love pack between the jockey and the horse. They seem to get on very very well, and uh, he's priced up at around about six to one with bet three six five at the moment. So he's worth having an each way bet on him there. <coughs> Moving down to the 405 race, horse that we backed on the opening day of the season was Geordie Deschamps, and he's in this one. He's reverting back from uh, chases back to hurdles. Again, it's an Adam Wedge, Rebecca Curtis combination. As I say, we backed him uh, last time out, and he finished fifth, and he just didn't jump. He literally jumped like a brick at every hurdle, just went straight through them all. So now he's back over the hurdles. I think he'll uh, show a different bit of form. Now this fella's one off handicap marks of 129, 135 and 137. And he's only racing off of 130 in this race on Saturday. So uh, he's got every chance there. He's priced up at the moment. He's 11-1 with William Hills. And they're paying four places on the race of fifth of the odds. So uh, we'll have a nice little bet on him there. Right, Coming down to the 4.40, we've got the bet of the weekend. We haven't had one for a, a long while, but we've really fancied like this. A horse called Does He Know? David Bass takes a ride for Kim Bailey. He he won how he wanted on at Chepstow on the opening day of the season, beating three under through five of Paul Nichols's, who was very, very heavily supported by the Nichols mob. And they, they were shocked to get beaten by this fella so easy. Now, he... He won at this meeting last year, and he followed it up with a Grade 2 win over the course of the distance in the November Ballymore Novice Hurdle Trial. And he looks a horse that's going to take a lot, a lot of beating in this race here. And as I say, like we're going to be having a very big bet on this fella in this race. So uh, currently priced stuff, as I say, is 7-4 at the moment, and is the bet of the weekend. If there's only one you want to bet all weekend, get on that fella there. Is the one that I think will absolutely bolt in. Okay. He's actually taking on uh, one of Colin Tizard's good horses, but the forms the form don't don't match anywhere up near it. So, uh, and Colin's horse is having his first run over the fences as well. So it's a little bit everything's weighted up in favour of does he know? So, uh, well, let's hope you're right, mate. One. Let's hope you're right. Yeah, and then moving down to the 5.15 race, a good friend of mine trains one in here, Ocean of Mercy. Uh, Noel Prendergast takes a ride for Paul Hennessy. Now, Paul Hennessy is more of a greyhound trainer out in Ireland than a horse trainer, but he had a winner at the Cheltenham Festival this year. Now, I know he likes this horse quite a lot, and she finished second on debut, only got beaten a nose, and the horse beater was one last tango, and there was another horse in a race at Gordon Elliott's called Ted Hastings and uh, that had beaten a horse called Chancery Court in a point-to-point race. Now Chancery Court come out and run Hugo's new horse of Paul Nichols to half length at Worcester. That one yesterday and that looked like a very nice horse and like the form all stacks up very heavily and knowing that Paul likes this uh, horse quite a lot, Ocean of Mercy and I think it's priced up at around about 11 to 2 at the moment so she should go very well in the last race there at Cheltenham on Saturday. So that's what we've got for you for the weekend. And uh, as I say, like the one that we're banking on is does he know in the 4.40 there Saturday. So uh, hopefully everyone else can get on him and uh, 
have a good day at the bookies. Don't lose your shirt, will you? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay then, Dave. Thank you very much for all of that, mate. And um, we will consult with you again next week. Lovely. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Well, that was Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing with his usual Friday afternoon session for us. And now it's time to catch up that other reprobate. It's none other than cheeky chappy Colin Brown. Well, good morning, Colin. Um, a bit of globetrotting going on today then. What are you doing in Holland? Tell the listeners all about it. Go. We are at the European... Yeah, we are at the European Lure Coursing Championships in the Netherlands. And I mean, a lovely time. There's a lot of people here. The weather's a bit rubbish. But uh, nevertheless, all these lovely lure coursing dogs look fantastic. And yeah, it's a nice little break a few days away. Makes a change. Absolutely. So, um, and you say the weather's rubbish, which is the same over here, really. Although we've had a load of rain. So I'm sure the jumping boys will be delighted with that. I know. What is the official ground um, actually at Cheltenham for Saturday? Do you know? I can soon find out if you just bear with me for one second. Because, you know, it's been so dry, and a lot of your listeners probably think, oh, I bet the ground's gone absolutely bottomless. But funnily enough, um, it'll take a bit of rain to do that, I think. Right. Well, it says here going good stick 6.1. Yeah, now I can I can imagine. So everybody's thinking the ground's going to be really heavy. I walked around Newbridge the other day, and their first jump meeting is on the fourth of um, four. Is it, yeah, no, yeah, it's on the um, early early in November, anyhow, fourth, fifth, or something. And the ground's going to be, you know, but they need some ring. So uh, mm. unless they've been racing, unless they've been racing on the flat track. You know, that's the thing with, with the ground. And places like Cheltenham, there's no flat track. So, not surprising the ground's going to be quite good because they you know, they really haven't had the rain that they need. Or that might be pouring down there and everybody will think, crikey, this ground is going to be terrible. But it won't be quite as terrible as everybody thinks. Anyhow, let's crack away for Doncaster, shall we, for the racing yeah. on Saturday? Yeah, and the 205, um, you're going to start? I'm going to start with the 205. It looks a really competitive little race, to be perfectly honest. Um, and the horse that I quite like in the 205, uh, because the ground is soft up at Doncaster, i.e. they've been racing there all the summer, it's been watered. Um, there's the horse of Jamie Osborne's, I give a chance, to an old horse called Raising Sand. And um, Safi Osborne, you know, his daughter is off with an injury, and um, his good little jockey that rode for him for quite a long time, Nicola Curry. Um, takes the right. She knows this horse well. He's cropped him out. He's got a few pounds, and I reckon he's got a good each way chance in this race. Um, he's a bit of an athlete specialist, to be perfectly honest. But he has run uh, in the past at Doncaster, um, so I think he's got a good chance today in the two hundred five each way chance, and that is raising sand. Okay. We've got the Burton Stockbroker's Handicap. Um, it's a race that's off at 2.40. And I think Simon Christopher will win this with horse that ran very well in a decent race at Goodwood at the festival. He's had a bit of a break since. And um, I think just wants a bit of decent ground. It's called Adi, and that's horse number one. 
in the 240 at Tony. But we do have a Group 1 race there, the Verton Futurity Trophy, and what a race this is. Uh, there are eight runners going to post, so for each we're betting first three. Um, the odds-on favourite is Aidan O'Brien's Luxembourg. It's only run twice as hecked up in both its races. Um, your man knows how to win this in the past. He's won it plenty of times with the Burton Majority Trophy, Group 1, and I think you'll win it again. Luxembourg. Do you remember? I think you used to listen to Radio Luxembourg at night, didn't you, with your little headphones on when you were a kid? Yeah, certainly did. I'm sure there's most of our listeners well, as well. Uh, well, they're not as old as you, but most of the listeners. Uh, but there we go. Don't uh, go I'm, I'm going to have to sue you for ageism if you're not careful. <laughs> Moving on to the next race on the card, there's a decent horse I spotted at Newbury the other day. I picked it up actually, looked really well in the bravery each way, and it won at 12 to 1. But it was called Witch Hunter. It's called D O Dar, and it runs in the 350 at Donny. I think that one will take an awful lot of beating. I really do. D O Dar in the uh, 350 at Doncaster. And, um, well, there's one horse that I think also could run a big race there for the Gary Moore yard. It's also a good form. It's pretty well handicapped, this horse. Now, likes a little bit of give in the ground. It runs in the 4.55. Horse number two, uh, Reha, it's called. And, um, as I say, this horse is in great form. It's been running really well at all the grade one tracks. And it was a winner at Chelmsford back in um, September last year. And I think it can win. So, number... To a rear at Doncaster, that's the one to be on. Righty ho! Right, let's have a look at Newbury. Okay. And there's plenty of races at Newbury. Gosh, it is a competitive race, and we've got the Horace Hill. This is a Group Three race um, for two-year-olds. Love the two-year-old races. What wins it? Well, it's quite uh, competitive. Andy Boarding's got an interesting run and it was good second at Johnny at the Ledger meeting in the John Scott's enlisted base and it's called Who Yam Now. Um, no, it's a non-runner. But, um, is that a non-runner now? It's okay. a non-runner, but yeah. There, there's plenty of other decent horses in it and um, the horse that um, beat Who Yam Now runs in it also Noble Truth. That's the one I think will win them. Noble Truth, number six in the two o'clock at Newbury for Saturday's racing. The 2.35 is the St. Simon's Stakes, again, a Group 3 race and a really good race to boot. Um, what wins it? Well, the favourite is Siskin, who's done a little wrong for the Appleby Yard, uh, one at Newmarket 15 days ago. Uh, Miranda should run a big race. Um, it's also getting on a little bit now from the Andrew Boarding Yard. Beckett's got one at Max and Vega. An extra elusive Roger Tarleton's horse um, with Holly Doyle in the saddle, but I can't really see past Siskinny, I'm afraid. Um, it's a pretty decent horse, and you know, I'd rather back an even money shot than a five to one second. So um, I'm going to go Siskinny, number seven, to win the St. Simon's States there at Newbury. Right. Right. On to, on to the. Um, 310 race there, and it's a really competitive race. It's the Phillies listed race, the Radley Stakes. And you'll get one or two trainers here, 
you know, like Nick Sharon will run one in it. It's got Flash Betsy. Trying to get a little bit of listening place. They're black type, so when they come to breathe from them, you know, they're worth a few more bob. And um, wouldn't be a bigger surprise if, if maybe that crept into the three. But there's a horse called Jubilee, and um, that's the one I quite like, Jubilee, in the... Uh, in the uh, 310. Uh, it was fourth last time up before that one at Kempton, and then Polly Dill takes a ride. She probably could have ridden a horse called Lil Guff in the race, a Goodwood winner, trained by the Kublers, um, which I think also has got an each way chance, but Hannigan rides it. Um, but I think it's between these two. Number five, Jubilee, and number seven, Lil Guff, could be a reverse exacta bet that day. Talking of Holly um, Doyle, Colin, uh, I don't know, you're obviously over yeah. in Holland, so you wouldn't have seen it, but there was a fantastic uh, documentary hour long on uh, ITV, ITV4. Um, but you can still get it on, um, you know, catch up TV and ITV Hub and all these other gadgets you get. Uh, well worth watching. Yeah. Really, really good. Showed an awful lot of, uh, you know, behind the scenes stuff with Holly and. Uh, how much, how much uh, fitness work she puts in, etc. So it's really interesting. So uh, if any of our listeners fancy it, it's on ITV Hub, I think it is, and ITV Catch Up. So uh, have a look, see what you can find. Be on Netflix as well. Sorry. Would that be on Netflix as well? ITV. No, no, it would have to be on. Would it would have to be on there. ITV Hub, but it's called Against the Odds, okay. I think. Um, but okay, it's it's, okay. it's worth looking at if you've got the time. Anyway, sorry, I... Yeah, no, I will give... Actually, no, it's right. It's, um, it, it's, um, it's really interesting looking at that. I think the next one they're doing is a guy called Guy Disney who's got a, a prosthetic um, leg. And yeah. um, he is on there next. And then something else. And then, funny you should say that, because ITV running me up a couple of three days ago to ask if they could do some... Uh, some interviews and in filming with me for uh, a Desert Orchid thing they're bringing out before oh. Tottenham next year, I think. Yeah. So they're going to do that in November. So, yeah, we'll have a look at that. That'll be interesting. A great person and a great jockey, Holly Dog. Yeah. Uh, I'll have a look at that. The question is will you get an Oscar for your performance on ITV, though? I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> <laughs> I get a packet of Oscars, those nice sweets. Yeah. You never know. Well, not if it's like the beginning of our um, recording today. Anyway, it won't be. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. You are right there. Right. Let's try and find you another winner. Um, mm, some good horses run that you There's another stakes race where a horse that um, ran okay on its debut called Queenlet runs, and I could see that running a big race. Tom Marcan rides number seven. Queen in the 4.15 there um, at Newbury. Uh, right, I think it's nearly time to go to the big jump meeting. And that, of course, is at Cheltenham. Um, and, gosh, they're starting off there on Saturday with the NHS vaccinating the heroes, conditional jockeys, handicap. So, quite interesting uh, little races. And it's for jockeys and with more than 75 winners. So, you know, you've got some quite good riders in the race, I must say. Um, what wins it? Well, I'll be perfectly honest. 
not sure I want to bet on that. I can't. It looks wide open. They go about seven to one the field. Anyway, in the second race there, there is a horse called Cloth Cap running, and it was pulled up at Aintree, going well. And I don't think it got the trip, I'll be honest. But before that, it beat all scored a so at Kelso. Before that, of course, it won the Ladbrokes Trophy. Um, and if John Doe's got this one ready, I would say it'd take the beating here, three miles one. And it's owned by the exiles of the late Trevor Hemmings. It's very sad news, Trevor Hemmings, uh, dying. He had three grand national winners. He's a great supporter of racing, self-made man up in the north-west of England and uh, lived on the Isle of Man, and all his retired horses went there to enjoy their retirement. Um, a big, a sad loss to racing, I'd say. The cloth cap is the one that I fancy in this race, and I think it'll take a little bit of beating. One horse that could run into the places is called the Hollow Ginge, and that is horse number seven. Ran really well at Newbury behind Cloth Cap, not beaten too far, and um, probably got a chance of getting into the first three. Right, on to uh, 255. This is the Master Holdings Hurdle. It's uh, only four runners going to post, but a really, really good race. And there's a horse called Stepney Causeway, running in those colours of the Greggy family. And of course, they own that excellent chaser with, um, with Dan that uh, did so well last year. Um, and I think this can win. So Stepney Causeway, it's called. Uh, probably got Tritonic to beat, but Stepney Causeway to win the 255. On to the 3.30 race there, it's a two-mile race, in fact, it's a mile and 799 yards. Uh, Sky Pirate was a good winner at the Cheltenham Press. He hasn't run since. He's also shot up the handicap. He, he's been raised like Paul getting on for about 27, 28 pounds. But, he, you know, he's a very, very good horse and deserves it, you have to say. Um, he could run a big race. You've got Belagas in the race and Nick Gibbons his horses are running well. And um, one or two others that uh, not without a chance. So Sky Pirate's right. I think he is the class horse in the race and he's the one that I'd like to be with. Uh, number one, Sky Pirate, written by... Um, Nick Schofield, these owners like Nick Schofield riding forward, Mark Kedham and Wasdale Properties Limited and so he's kept the ride on the horse and you know, he deserves, he's a very good rider as you know Nick well, Schofield, one of your guests quite often. He is indeed, he, in fact he mentioned Sky Pirate this week and uh, he said that uh, you know the, the horse was fit and ready to go but he was just a little bit edgy about, he generally takes a race to get him really up to his best so uh, oh, okay. that's what the jockey oh, well, said. Yeah, he, he would know best. Right, I'll give you the winner of the next race, and that's the four forty. Uh, really impressive. I tipped up. In fact, I napped at Chepstow the other day. Outsider of four won it about four to one. And it's one of Kim Bailey's. Looked a picture in the parade ring, but not the easiest one. It's a lunatic. Has to come in last. You have to try and switch the music down, and the person in the parade ring can't be talking. Because the, the noise uh, that, uh, that really upsets him, he's a lunatic to get on. But once he was in the race, he jumped for fun. And he's called Does He Know? And he's trained today by Kim Bailey. And I think that will win the 440. David Bass, really good rider, gets on well with this one because it wouldn't be everybody's cup of tea. 
but he knows them well. So does he know to win the 440 there at Cheltenham? Final race is at National Flat Race. Um, what wins this? Well, it's a pretty good little race, I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, I don't know what wins it. It's um, a race that's, um, you know, obviously a lot of these horses are going, going to bigger and better things. But um, Top Dog is uh, is trained by Emma Laval. It was second of 16 at Ferry House last year in quite a good race. And I would say that one would have a fair chance of winning. So I'm going to go with it. And it's Top Dog in our final race at, uh, at Shelton for Saturday. And that's probably it. Well, well done. After your full start Thank about you. six times, I think you've done Marshall be well to get yeah. that far. Um, it took Made a mistake. Mary wouldn't be very proud, would she? If she no, no, if she'd heard all that. that. I mean, I'm sure the listeners generally yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't be over-impressed with taking about five wouldn't, or six yeah, attempts to get rolling. Be. I mean, who do you get in touch with? I know. Oh, it's, it's, the answer is Yeah, really. I know. Terrible. Terrible. Well, look, Colin, uh, thank you very uh, much Mary, for that. Mary has been sending me a few texts this week, a, a few, you know, a few, few messages. Yeah. To see how our dogs are getting on out here in the Netherlands and... So she, she's got plenty of interest on this week. So, uh, yeah, she might not be listening to your programme, but I expect she is. Well, we, we're supposed to be, we keep threatening to get her on the show, don't we? And we never seem to manage to, get, to do it, but uh, we must get yeah, round to that. We, we must get her on. Yeah, we must get her on. Right. Okay. okay. Well, listeners, you take care. Have a lovely weekend. And, Aidy, thanks for, uh, thanks for uh, getting on the programme again. And looking forward to... Uh, speak to you next week with a few more winners I'd say yeah well all I can say to you is he, he's listeners he's in Holland right now he's going to drive to Sweden would you believe because Colin's wife is Swedish and uh, off he goes to Sweden and then he's going to drive home 11 hours oh, raving mad pal raving mad that's only halfway 22 the whole journey <laughs> yeah absolutely raving mad but you drive carefully because you know what those Swedes are like especially if there's any rally drivers around over there you'll be in trouble uh, I don't know. I'll have to join in with them. Yeah. <laughs> Is there any snow over there yet? Not yet, I don't think. There won't be long. Up the north, maybe. Yeah, good. Okay, Colin, we'll have a good week, mate. And you, uh, you look after the dogs, and we'll speak to you next week. Okay, boy. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot. Well, that was the Cheeky Chucky himself on tour in Netherlands, and then on to Sweden. What a life he leads, eh? At... Uh, it also brings us to the end of this week's racing show, so I appreciate you listening. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I hope there's plenty of winners there for you. And uh, we will be back next week, as usual, same time, same station, so make sure you join us then. But in the meantime, have a good weekend's racing, and we'll speak to you next week. Bye for now.